This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your word. Your word's going to change us today. We will not be the same. Thank you for what you've already done and you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Somebody said, well, Pastor, what are you going to preach on? You've been in Romans 8 so long. We'll find whatever God wants us to preach on. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. We're in the last paragraph. Powerful, powerful verse. What shall we say? about such wonderful things as these. How powerful. We're going to read the rest of this in a moment, but what shall we say? We've been hearing that God is with us. We've heard about God's grace, and we've heard about all kinds of things over the last several months. And what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? And would you join with me in those first two words there? If God. Come on now. If God is for us. Who can ever be against us? Praise God. Would you say that those two words with me again? If God. That's pretty wonderful. If God. That's about enough to be wonderful right there. Wonderful things. Wonderful things follow an infinite God. Now, i got to warn you, I got so excited last service, I, I'm trying to have the energy just to preach this service, but, but I, when you talk about a God who's infinite and powerful, how can you not get excited? Amen? If God is for us, we're talking about an infinite God being for us. God cannot underperform or show up too late, and there is nothing too big for our God. To an infinite God, get this, to an infinite God, all finites are equal. Get this. To an infinite God, there is no small problem, no big problem. They're all equal problems. Some of you feel like this whole world's turned against me and all these things. And some of you feel like, well, I'm just dealing with this one little thing and I probably shouldn't ask. But when you're an infinite God, all finites are equal. So it doesn't matter what you're facing today. My God is able and my God is faithful to move for your good because that's the kind of God I've come to proclaim to you today. You see, if God, it always starts with God. If we involve God in the situation, if God is with you, if God is for you, this is still another phrase from little man. If God is with you and God is for you, it's game on. Better yet, it's game over when God is with you because you will win. Because if God is for you, who can stand against you? Amen. Back in the beginning, the word tells us that God created man in his image and we being created in the image of god are blessed but here's the problem from that moment on man has been trying to recreate god in our image we've been trying to tell god exactly what he looks like exactly who he is exactly how he's supposed to move we attempt to make a god that is an idol that is the mirror image of ourselves with our limit of grace where we have a limit of grace that's where we expect god's grace to be limited. But I've got news for you this morning. God's grace is limitless. God's grace. Somebody goes, but pastor, I've blown it. No, no, no. You don't understand. God's grace is limitless for you. 
We have tried to create a God who has the same view of morality that we have. But within Him, there is no guile. You see, God is not doing what we do. He's not trying to hide His imperfections by judging somebody else's imperfections. God's not saying, well, at least I'm better than them. Or at least I didn't do what they did. He is holy. And it's by His perfection that the standard is set. That's the kind of God that we serve. You see, A.W. Tozer said this. He said, we create an idol which is a God who can never surprise us, never overwhelm us, nor can he astonish us, nor transcend us. We want a God that we can control. But that's not the God that I've come to preach to you about this morning. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Somebody asked me this morning, said, Pastor, why do you say you're trying to behave? Because if I get this excited when I'm trying to behave, can you imagine what would happen if I didn't try to behave? Amen. I'm talking about a good God this morning. I have come to preach to you a God who is able. The God that the Bible shows is a God who is omnipotent. What that means is that my God is all-powerful. There is nothing that is beyond his ability. I have come to preach to you today a God who is omniscient. That means nothing's going to catch him by surprise. He knows all, and he knows exactly what you need when you need it. And then with his omnipotence, he's able to do exactly what needs to be done at that moment, and you're not going to catch him off guard because he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. You're never going to go beyond where he is. I love what the great scripture said, said, I might go to the highest heights or the depths of hell. I might be here, and I might be there, but I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor darkness nor hell itself can separate us from the love of God because he's everywhere. Amen. You can see, I've come to preach to you a God that I want to stir up your praise for just a moment. I've come to preach to you a God who is high and exalted. I've come to preach to you a God who is able to do immensely more than you can ask or even imagine. Okay, pastor, we know you're talking about God. No, I'm not done yet. Hallelujah. I have come to preach to you a God who has thoughts that are higher than our thoughts whose ways are higher than our ways, whose love we cannot possibly begin to comprehend, whose power we cannot control. I'll never forget, sixth grade, tallest boy in the class, they asked me to step up and help the janitor change the light. And as I did, he, he said, just push that right in right there. And when I did, my finger slipped and, and it hit the power source of the light. And, and, and all I know is everything went dark. And they said, I, I did an Elvis on the, on the desk, amen, in the room. Why? Because I had connected to a power. Most of us want to have, have enough God in our lives. We feel a little, little prick. You know what the Lord spoke to me while we were singing that song? Most people don't find healing because all they believe God for is a little feeling. As long as they feel it on their skin and they feel a little bit of presence and, and they get just a little taste right here. But I'm not looking for a God who I can just go, well, I think he might be in the room. I know a God that when he walked into the room, dead people got up, blind eyes were open, and people were healed. That's the kind of God I've come to preach to you this morning. A God whose power we cannot possibly control and whose mercy I cannot possibly deserve. A God who exists outside the four dimensions of space and time. A God who can make and break the laws of nature. Some of you go, you don't understand, Pastor. That's just the way the earth is. But I seem to remember a God who could turn water into wine, who could walk on the water when necessary when his children needed him. I serve a God who can do whatever you need to meet you right where you are. Amen. 
Is this all right this morning? I, I, somebody goes, well, you're just talking about God. Well, go figure. We're talking about God in God's house for just a moment. Amen. I have come to lift him up because he is high and exalted and worthy of all praise. And let the saints of the Lord re- that are redeemed say so and praise his holy name. Amen. And Romans 8 and 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? What that does, it puts it in perspective. An idol can do nothing without the power of those who worship it. The idol cannot dust itself, it cannot feed itself, it cannot worship itself, but our God is not limited by the power that we exert upon him. We are limited by the power that he has given us. Our God does not need us to move him, but we cannot move without him. That's how good our God is. And when God is in his rightful place, we will make him the center of our lives. God will become, get this, our chief operating system. Our primary operating system. Now what is a primary operating system? Well, your phone, your tablet that you're working now, or your computer, or those that are watching uh, 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 by, uh, by online, that is happening because of a primary operating system. An operating system is the programming that takes all of the different applications, all of the different software that are inputted into your system and keeps them in the proper order. It's called your hardware. The hardware is what causes all the software to stay in line. And when you download an app or install a new program, that program runs by obeying the rules of the operating system. I want you to get this. That is why when your phone updates itself and it updates its operating, its, its operating uh, system, your apps all show they need to be updated. Why? Because when the updated operating system comes into place, it changes the rules by which the apps can function. So the apps have to then update. Would that not be different? If the situation, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but if the situations of your life, all of a sudden God did something so radical in you today, the kind of God that I've come to preach to you about who is above and beyond anything you can imagine, that when you leave those doors, all of a sudden something's different. And when you get outside, everything that's been bombarding you hits a wall called grace and you're not who you used to be. And the enemy says, hey, wait, wait, let me get in there. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't understand you ruined my yesterday you'll not have my tomorrow because God's grace is for me today amen amen pastor Don God can't do that watch him I dare you to try so what does it say to us well there's a key code I want you to get this that governs the relationship between the operating system and the inputted apps and software and that code is called the kernel the kernel By definition, a kernel is a central part or most important part of something, okay? So in a computer program, between the hardware and the software, between what's being inputted and and what operates, there's a kernel. It's, it's It's a safety barrier that keeps everything central. The kernel provides the most basic level of control over the hardware device. It manages input and output requests. It's responsible for memory allocation, and it establishes priorities. Now, would it not be amazing if we had something in our life acting as a kernel that determines what I let in and what I let out? 
this wasn't in the last service, so I don't know who this is for. Would it not be amazing in your life if you had a kernel that determines what you listen to and how you respond? That if you had something inside of you that determines, well, I feel the Holy Spirit. You can't talk about him without feeling him, amen. That determines what memory allocation is given, what memories you're building up. That determines your level of priorities. And again, this sermon, I don't even know where I am in my notes right this minute, but I feel the Holy Ghost. We have that. He's called the Holy Spirit of God that is within us. You see, but the problem is we'll end up like a computer sometimes. Occasionally, computers will experience what is called a priority inversion, which is usually when we slam them, fuss at them, reboot them. Or what most of us do, we think if we push the same button 500 times, eventually it's going to work. Amen. But the problem is we have a priority inversion. Simply put, a priority inversion is when a low-task priority has taken the superiority over the hardware. The kernel then keeps that from happening most times. It establishes what are called preemptive priorities, that when this happens, this kicks in. You see, when you preach, you all, you have a struggle. Do you follow the Holy Spirit or do you stay safely over there with your nose? But right now, I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit for just a moment. Would it not be possible for your life and for the presence of God to begin to move in your life in such a way that when the enemy, he knows if I do this, they're going to run do this. If I do this, they're going to go get drunk. If I, if I do this, they're going to get angry. If I do this, they're going to have lustful thoughts. If I do this, this is going to happen. The enemy knows what buttons to push. But when he shows up and pushes your buttons, all of a sudden, what used to send you to sin now send you to grace because there's been a change in your operating system and there's been a kernel put inside of you called the power of the Holy Spirit that when that enemy shows up, all of a sudden the enemy goes, whoop, and instead of what used to happen, now there's been an update, there's been an upgrade, and instead of falling, you stand up and say, well, glory be to God who made me no longer that person and set me on the right path. Amen. I told you I'm trying to behave, but it's just not working. Amen. Why? Because at the depth of who you are, we are all walking around with inverted priorities, and God is screaming out through the power of the Holy Spirit, I didn't call you to live in defeat. I didn't call you to live in despair. I called you to win this battle, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to set things right in your life, you will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You see, we lack that perspective. We lack that order, and we need the Holy Spirit of God working inside of us, helping us to know how to juggle the input, the software, the things that we're dealing with. We're used to being attacked from all sides. It happens. But the kernel, the core, is what helps us face those attacks. Anybody just feel that way? You feel like usually you, it, everything will either be really good or really bad. You're either getting... You're, you, you feel like... Anybody ever walk like this? Please let nothing bad happen. Let nothing bad happen because I'm enjoying life too much. Or you walk like this going, yep, there's another. Yep, there's another. Well, no matter where you are, there can be, whether blessings or cursings, there can be a solid place inside of you that keeps you from inverting and keeps you right where you belong. You see, your kernel is the core beliefs that hold you to what you will do, the convictions of who you are. 
Your kernel is what floats to the surface when you face difficult decisions. They are preemptive priorities that when I have to make a decision, this is what I'm going to do. And I know this is going to sound odd. It's not even spiritual, but this is, this is, this is a kernel that, that has governed my life. It'll help you on the car lot. Come on now. Amen. If it's the deal is only good today, then I don't want it. If you can't sell it to me that tomorrow, then I'm not buying it today. Why? Because too many times the design is to get you to buy something that you wouldn't normally buy because in your mind you, you, are, you want the deal. And so I created a kernel in my life. And that poor little lady's been so frustrated. She'd be like, let me have this car, let me have this car. And they'll look at me and they'll say, well, this is only good today. And I'll say, honey, let's go to the car. And she's like going, Don, it's a good deal. But when you get in the car and they take 9,000 more off because you stuck to your kernel, you feel really good about yourself. Amen. <laughs> Why? Because you didn't allow what was being inputted to change who you are. Am I making any sense? How would it be so if you were having a bad day, if instead of responding the way that you've always responded, you had a kernel inside of you that says, I am not the devil's play toy. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. And if God is for me, then who can be against me? I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because the enemy is telling me I got to deal with this right now. I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to keep honoring God. As a matter of fact, some of you may have come in here this morning and you faced hell itself. There's no reason for you not to have the kernel of praise down inside of you that no matter what you're feeling and where you are, that you can't lift your voice and say, God is good and his mercy endures forever. Why? Because there's a kernel inside of who you are. But Pastor Don, you're going through a struggle. Yes, I may be going through a struggle, but God is for me. And if God's for me, who can stand against me? What happens when the kernel is missed and the low priority takes over the, the priority? You have what you call a fatal error. How many of you do what I do when you have a fatal error? I'm just going to be honest with you. Stupid phone. Some of you don't do what I do. Though. I say, I say, Michael, fix this thing. <laughs> Why? Because it's a fatal error. Some of you, you are on crash mode because there's a fatal error going on inside of you. You... Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. You even know what's inverted. And you're so angry because you can't move forward, but God says you can't move forward because your kernel, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost one way. What was established, as a matter of fact, somebody, Proverbs 22 and 6 is chasing you. The Bible says that if you train up a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they shall not depart from it. And here's your problem. You're living with an inverted thing, wondering why you can't move forward in life, but you've got righteous parents and righteous grandparents who sowed righteousness into you, and you're trying to fight against the fatal error, but the grace of God inside of you is resisting that, and you've gone into safety mode. Why? Because God says, I'm not going to let you destroy your life because good things are sowed into you and grace chases you. Yeah. You see, we have habits that will violate our system and throw us into fatal error. You have relationships that want the old you back, which will throw you into fatal error. But it's your kernel that keeps you safe. It's your kernel that keeps you safe. You see, that's why the enemy, when he wants to attack you, will start attacking what you believe. That's one of the first things they do with high school seniors that when they go to college is they put them in classes that begin to question truth. 
And I love, I just, it just blows my mind the way they do this. They'll say, all right, you've got to take this philosophy class. You got to take, and they'll always say, your parents told you what you had to believe, right? Your parents told you this. Now, we want you to find your truth for yourself, but if it's not the truth I tell you that it is, you fail the class. They're not telling you to think for themselves. What they're trying to do is, is the enemy is using that class to get you off of your core belief system so he can get you out there where he can give you a fatal error and destroy you. And get you living in sin. Here's another thing that wants to destroy the kernel of who you are. Shame and sin. Shame and sin will show up. You know the truth of grace, but the sin that you have stumbled into begins to infect your operating system with a virus of guilt and doubt. And before you begin to operate from that core of guilt and doubt, that's the moment that you need to have the right kernel in your life to revert back to. So when shame hits me and sin hits me, I have to remember things like this, that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Pastor Don, why is that verse quoted so much in church? Because all of us need that verse a lot. Do I have to come out there and get that amen on that? Come on, amen. We all need that verse. And it's a kernel of who we are. Sin comes and says, you've blown it. You've blown it. You've blown it. You messed up. So I love what sin actually says. First, it says, it's no problem. They won't hurt anybody. And as soon as you do it, it says, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. But the kernel inside of you rises up and says, no, no, no. You don't understand. He is faithful and just to forgive me if I confess my sins. He that began a good work in me is faithful to finish the work in me. That's the kernel. Here's another one. The enemy says, you're always going to be stained by this. And you say, no, 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 no. What was red as scarlet is now white as snow. What would happen if you made Romans 8.31 your kernel? It's one of the most essential kernels of all. That when hell says you're going under, you go, no, 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 you don't understand. If God is for me, who can stand against me? This is going to take you out. No, 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 no. You don't understand. If God is for me. You blew it. You dug this ditch yourself. But you don't understand if God is for me. You see, what I'm constantly doing is I'm trying to show you here what the enemy does and where you need to come back to. You need to keep coming back. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I'm so far beyond this. Well, God bless your soul. But a lot of us really, really need this right this moment because our minds battle and we struggle. And the enemy's been telling somebody in this place that you're going to fail the way that you've tried for so long not to fail. But here's what you need to say to the enemy. You don't understand, enemy. The God who started the work is going to finish the work. And, and enemy, he is for me. And since he's for me, I know I can beat this. Am I making sense to anybody today? See, when sin says we're abandoned, the colonel says, no, no, you don't understand. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. When failure says we're forgotten, no, 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 my colonel says he remembered me and forgave me, yet while I was in my sin, he died for me. See, God's not surprised for where you are now. He's already died for that. If our God can do anything and he's on our side, then there's nothing that can stand against us. Amen? There are no odds that God cannot overcome. There are no obstacles for God. There's nothing in your life that will prevent God from moving you to health. God wants you healthy and whole. With God, all things are possible. Say that again. With God, all things are possible. Frederick Douglass great fighter for freedom 
said one and God makes a majority. I would disagree with him a little bit and say God makes the majority. If God, the majority one, is for you, it doesn't matter how many. What, was, what did the great prophet of old say? He said to the young, young Gehazi, he said, Gehazi, don't worry. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see that those that are with us are greater than those that are against us. Abraham Lincoln said it this way. He said, my concern is not whether God is on our side, but whether we are on his side. Are we on God's side? Is God on our side? If God is for us, some of you, that's the problem. You said, well, if God were for me, I wouldn't be here. No, no, no. The cross settled the fact that God's for you. He settled it at the cross. God is for you. Plain and simple. He's for you. It's done. God settled it at the cross. So God is on your side. The question is, are we on God's side? Here's another way during this time to imagine it. God cast a vote for us. Satan cast a vote against us. The deciding vote is up to us. It's that simple. The deciding vote today of whether or not you'll win and overcome and become is up to you. Because God is for you. And since He's for you, nothing can stand against you. Would you stand with me today? Would you bow your heads in this place? Some of you have been on my heart this week as I prayed for you and believed God for you. Believing that God is going to take the situations of your life, whatever it is you're facing as I've interceded for you, and He's going to invert those to the right, put them the way they're supposed to be. He's going to take what the enemy has twisted and turned and He's going to put it right. He's going to straighten it out. And you're going to become person God's wanted you to be. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I know exactly what's inverted in my life and I want to get rid of that today. I want God to take control of that. If that's you, can I just see your hand if that's you? Hands all over this place. Yes. Yes. He's going to change those things. He's going to change those things. Somebody in here, the enemy's tried to invert your health. Your health's not right. It's not worth it. I'm talking physical body health and you want, you want to ask God to help invert, uh, change that, revert it back to the right side. Can I see your hand if that's you, God? Touch my body. Touch my body. Thank you. Hands down. Thank you. It's not only for you, some of it's for your family members. God's going to make that change. God's going to do that. One last question. If you're here today and you know you're not right with God because He's not your operator, you don't have the right operating system, you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, and today you want to give Him your life, if that's you, nobody's going to embarrass you any more than the others that raise their hand, but I want to pray with you right now. If that's you, could I see your hand right where you are? You say, today I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Are there others? Quickly, thank you. Are there others today? In Jesus' name, today's your day. This is your time. This is your moment. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Join hands with somebody near you, if you would, please. Let's pray this prayer of faith. 
The Bible says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So that we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. So let's pray this simple prayer of faith. And then I'm going to pray for all that raised their hands today. In Jesus' name, let's pray this. Jesus, by faith, we believe your promise. And now with these today, we agree as they repent, they are forgiven. Pray this with me. Father, forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, we give you our past, our present, and our future. We give it all to you. We believe Christ came, he died, and now he lives forevermore. In Jesus' name, from this moment on, we are children of God. God is our Father. Heaven is our home, and Jesus is our Savior. Father, I pray for those that prayed that prayer today for the first time. I thank you for how you're settling these things in their lives. I thank you for the changes that are happening. Father, I thank you that now, by faith, they're moving from darkness unto, unto light. They're moving from sin unto salvation. And God, victory is theirs as they're born again. Father, for those who said there's an area of their life, they know what's inverted. Lord, right now, I thank you for the delivering power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, pray with me, church. I praise you for the delivering power of the Holy Spirit that will set their life right. Set it right. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. Setting right that you're doing even in this church. And I thank you, Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that not only heals them spiritually, but heals them physically. Now, Lord, we believe that by the stripes of Jesus, come on, faith, 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 church. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.